Welcome, New Jersey Devil fans. I'm your host, Bill Botch, and welcome to The Trap. It's Friday, October 7th, and the Devils are less than one week away from opening night in Philadelphia. So, the Devils are trying to get their roster ready. Um, They've played two more preseason games since the last time we talked. They played versus the Boston Bruins. They played versus the New York Islanders last night. And a lot has uh, changed, and some of the guys have separated themselves the Devils made a bunch of roster moves today. They sent a bunch of the kids who we kind of expected uh, not to make the team down to the AHL, down to Utica. Uh, one of them being Graham Clark, who you have to be extremely impressed with his training camp. He came in, and he, you could tell that he has definitely progressed quite a bit in the past year. He was kind of an offensive force, and he shot the puck a lot and got the puck on net and drove some offense, and I was really excited to to see him take those next steps. He has, obviously, a great hockey background and pedigree. His brother, Brant Clark, was one of the top prospects in the draft two years ago, and he's a, a kid that I really liked and was really high on. Um, it was cool to see him take the next steps. He's definitely somebody that I could see where if you can't pay uh, Sharon Govich down the line or one of these other guys down the line, that if he keeps progressing the way that he has, could potentially make his way into the lineup maybe two years from now as a third liner or something like that. So I was really happy to see the work that he put in and that it definitely is paying off. Uh, a guy who I think has not lived up to the hype is uh, uh, Nolan Foote. He was kind of nowhere to be found in the preseason. Um, I was kind of hoping for him to take that next step. He's obviously known for his big shot. He's a big frame. He's the son of Adam Foote, and that's about it. He does not look like he has the motor. It does not look like he has the skating. Um, It's disappointing. We traded Blake Coleman for a first-round pick and uh, Nolan Foote. And it has not worked out with him. And we drafted Shakir Mukamadulin with that first round pick. It was a reach, in my opinion. And he came over. He played in the AHL. I was kind of hoping he was going to stay in North America and hopefully watch him progress and get used to the North American ice. They send him back to Russia. And with all that's going on in the world in Russia, I mean, it doesn't seem like, you know, you would let, if you thought you were really high on a guy, you wouldn't send him back over there. But. He's back over there, and he's definitely looks like he's a project, and it would take years before he ever cracks the lineup for the Devils. So that was that's kind of tough. Uh, another guy, another Russian who is who's playing pretty good was Nikita Ohutuk. He was a guy that was fighting for that sixth and seventh defensive spot with Kevin Ball, and Ohutuk and Ball. There was clearly a separation of talent. The last two games especially, Ohutuk had a brutal game uh, on the island last night. He was on the ice for four ga- uh, four goals against. He was caught out of position. He had a rough time of it. He turns the puck over a lot. He didn't play nearly as physical as I know that he can play and I think wants to play. Um, and So he gets sent down to Utica. He's another guy that's going to be nice to have in your pipeline, though. And eventually as some of our veteran uh, defensemen, the Graves and the, the Seversons of the world move on, it'll be, a, it'll be a good guy that you'll be able to call up um, if there's an injury or it'll be a guy that in maybe 
a year or two from now can crack the lineup and play maybe a bottom six, uh, you know, role on on defense as a, an enforcer and a guy that plays a really heavy game. So uh, I still think there's a lot of upside on Ohutuk's game, but Kevin Ball clearly outplayed him. And I have to be honest, I am so impressed with the preseason and with the training camp that Kevin Ball has had now. He came into the Devils, and uh, we were really excited about him. Uh, you know, his size is obviously, you know, you can't teach that. And, I, you know, his skating wasn't great. I thought his decision-making was a little – and I'm talking about when we first brought him over. And, and I thought his decision-making, he was a get-the-puck-and-kind-of-fire-it-off-the-glass-out-of-the-zone kind of guy. And he's put in a lot of work, and you can really tell. I mean, his skating clearly is better. He definitely looks like the game has slowed down a bit to him, and he's able to see what's going on on the ice, and he takes a little more time, and he makes really smart plays with the puck. I was very impressed. I thought his body positioning was so much better this year. He still can play a physical game, and... He's very rangy. I thought he was good with his stick. I mean, the kid really has – he checked all the boxes for me. I was extremely impressed. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of when the Islanders drafted Sedano Chara back in the day. Now, I'm not not saying that, you know, Kevin Ball is going to play in the NHL for 20 years and be a Hall of Famer by any means. But my point is it took Chara a little time to maybe get – used to his body, stop growing, kind of take that next step and become the player that he was. He was not um, a highly sought-after prospect before he came over to the NHL. And I think Kevin Ball has every opportunity to really take it to that next level. He looks like, to me, in a year or two, could possibly be not beyond a, a sixth defenseman or a fifth defenseman. He could take that next step and play um, – maybe the third or fourth fourth defenseman. He looks very just solid. He's going to be a stay-at-home defenseman. He's not going to be, he's not going to put up a ton of points, but he might allow a guy like um Nemitz to jump into the play and he has somebody that can insulate him and take care of him on the back end. So I've been extremely excited what I've seen with Kevin Ball. Now, one of the things I wondered about, well, you know, you just got Brendan Smith, you paid him, you signed him to a 2-year deal. Now, Brendan Smith should have a hockey, uh, a higher hockey IQ, and he should make smarter decisions with the puck, be able to read the game a little bit better, not get caught out of position. But that doesn't seem to be the case. I honestly believe that Kevin Ball has been in better position and moved the puck better and made uh, better choices with the puck than, than Smith has. Now, I understand you're paying Smith more money, but that doesn't mean that you double down on on it just because you're paying the guy more money and you throw him out there. In my opinion, you throw out the best players, the players that could help your team the most. Ball has a higher ceiling than obviously Brendan Smith does. And the only way that he could do that is if he continues to get reps and you continue to put him in there in game situations and you let him grow. Now, if you want to rotate them in and, you know, give one of the guys a night off once in a while, that's fine. But if I'm putting together my defensive core Kevin Ball is the sixth defenseman to me, so um, which is great. That is a that is a good problem to have, and I'm really happy with what we've seen out of him. Um, 
couple other players. So uh, now Nico Dawes go, gets sent down. Akira Schmid gets sent down. And then they release Andreas uh, Janssen. Now, Janssen, obviously, we got him from Toronto. He comes over. He kind of fits into the age group of our core. He's a guy that you, you think is older, but he's really like 26, 27 years old. The weird part about him is, and and I don't and I don't think anyone was surprised when he was put on waivers today. The weird part about uh, Janssen is he kind of like gets himself in the right position in order to score, but he just can't do it. It's like he he fumbles the puck a lot. He makes bad passes. Like anything that can go wrong goes wrong with him. It's like so he's smart enough to like put it, put himself in the right position, and he'll grind and he'll drive to the net and he'll make hard plays. But holy crap, like, the guy just can't finish. It's like it's anything that could go wrong, can go wrong, does when it comes to him. So it was between him and Fabian Zetterlin. They had to make a choice. Who are they going to put on waivers? One of the guys is going to get picked up. Zetterlin played his ass off. Um, he's willing to play the penalty kill. He plays a heavier game. He's tenacious. He has a better shot. Um, he didn't score this preseason, but I think they're thinking long-term. And I would have to agree with him. I think Fabian Zetterlin is the better option for the team. And I think he's earned that spot. So I was happy to see Zetterlin make the team. Now, this is where it gets a little funky. So obviously the goaltending was our biggest problem. And everyone's excited because we have Vitek Vanacek and we have Mackenzie Blackwood. And we even have Jonathan Bernier, who I'm assuming is going to be on long-term uh, IR. Now, Vanacek has looked great. Now, he's let up one goal in two games, but he just looks square to the puck. He doesn't give up rebounds, and he looks, to me, he looks better than Blackwood. And now, Blackwood played a really good game against the Rangers. Um, if it wasn't for Blackwood, they the Devils would have got blown out. And Blackwood stood on his head, and he made a lot of big saves. Um, and I was, And it was really encouraging to see. But last night's game versus the Islanders, it was a uh, he let up a couple soft goals. Now the Devils didn't ice the same kind of team. They didn't. They played a bunch of guys who were on the bubble trying to make a roster spot. So they didn't play. There was there weren't many NHL caliber players out there to be honest. And I get that. And the defense in front of them was not nearly as good. And I understand that. And if you're gonna let up goals, let them up in the preseason. That's what the preseason's for, and that's what camp is for. So I have no problem with him letting up a couple of soft goals. My problem was his body language did not look good. He looked disinterested once he gave up his third or fourth goal, and he looked like he was not happy. He looked like he didn't want to be out there. Now, if you have a team that is trying to turn the corner and you have all this talent on it and all these young players and they're trying to build something and they got new coaches and they're doing this and they're doing that. You can't have a cancer on the team. You cannot have a bad attitude. You can't have a guy that sandbags it when stuff doesn't go his way. If you want to have a guy sandbag it on the fourth line or the third line, that's one thing, but it can't be your starting franchise goaltender. Blackwood's problem has always been his mental game. It's not his physicality. The guy's six foot five. He's a freak of nature. His thing has been how tough is he mentally? 
and last night kind of scared me. Things didn't go his way for the first time, and he looked like he was kind of pissy. You can't have it. They can't have it. If they want to take the next step, and they want to turn the corner, and everybody wants to be part of something, and they want to be moving forward, and they want to get rid of this 10-year drought of shit hockey... You have to have everybody on board. And when stuff doesn't go your way, you have to have the kind of attitude that says, all right, that was last night. This is now. Whatever. We're going to look forward. We're going to let that roll off our back. And we're going to go out there and we're going to kick some ass. You can't let, you can't turn into uh, a guy that starts bringing the team down because you, you know, you're upset with yourself. You have to be tough. I think that if Bernier comes back, and I get it; he's coming off of a pretty intense injury, but he he's already played in the pre uh, he's already played in training camp, and if he comes back and Blackwood is a problem, I wouldn't be surprised that the Devils just said, "You know what? Enough of this. We can't afford you to be a distraction. We have too much good going for us. We're trying to do good things here. You want you don't want to be a part of it? You know, go ahead, move on, because." He did go and get a new agent. Typically, when players go and get new agents, it's because they want to get moved. He was a distraction last year. He had a problem with the medical staff, which the medical staff could have been 100% wrong. I'm not denying that. But it's either get your head in a game and be a part of this thing and be focused and handle the business that you can, take care of what you can, or, or, or move on. They're not, I don't think that they're going to have any kind of tolerance um, for a distraction from Blackwood this year, to be honest with you. And maybe it was just me, and maybe I read it wrong, and that could be, that could be the case. But I just, I watched the game, and I, and I really thought to myself, oh, geez, like, here we go again. You let up a couple softies, and now he looks like he's pissed at the world. And, and I get it. It's, I'm sure he's very frustrated, and I'm sure he's frustrated that the past two games that they've played, it's been an onslaught on shots. I mean, the Devils got destroyed by the Rangers pretty much. And then he comes out and he plays against the Islanders. And, he, you know, the Devils are putting out their B squad. And he's getting peppered with shots. I get it. And if it's not your night, he's frustrated. But you got to be tough. You're supposed to be one of the leaders on the team. And they're going to need him to be 100% moving forward if they expect to do any kind of damage and if they expect to make the playoffs. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, One of the guys who kind of has had a rough two games has been uh, Holtz. I still think he makes the team. I still think they play him with Hughes and Pallant. And I still think that that's the right move. I do believe that once they start going in the net for him, they're going to come in bunches. And he's a kid that has a good attitude. He's able to shake things off. He knows he wants to be better. He knows the team expects more from him. He has the tools, clearly. It might take him a little time, and that's something that we should be able to overcome. You should be able to overcome having a winger, a young potential you know, goal-scoring winger, take a little time. Um, while the rest of the team should be able to carry him and put him in a position to hopefully uh, break out of break out of being a youngster and turn into a really solid contributor on the team. So I have no problem with them keeping Holtz. Um, it sounds like Nico is feeling pretty good. They said he's working out. They're going to evaluate him in two days. 
he doesn't seem to be limping from everything I've heard, so that's good. It would be I think it's important to have him on the opening night roster. Now, I don't want to see him put out onto the ice unless he's 100% healthy, so I have no problem with them taking time, especially if they're going to be playing the Flyers to start the uh, to start the season. That's going to be a game that you should be able to win, even if you don't have Nico playing. So I'm fine with that. Uh, I do wonder, uh, going back to Blackwood, I do wonder if he's going to be upset if Vanacek is the starter on opening night. I think that he has earned it, and I think he's looked better, and he's looked, uh, I think he's seeing the puck better. Um, So that's going to be interesting to me to see how Blackwood reacts to that and how the coaches handle that. Um, cause it, I hope it's not, uh, an issue moving forward, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was. Um, I'll admit I'm pretty impressed with the play from, uh, Yegor Sharangovich. He looks like he's kind of taken like another step too. He looks really good. The Devils have to make a couple more moves to be roster compliant. They got to uh, move three people, and I, I think it's pretty obvious to everybody they're going to move uh, Nemitz down to the AHL. He's looked great in training camp. There's The future is, is the sky's the limit with him. There's no reason to rush him. Let him cook down in the AHL, get used to the North American ice, get in some confidence. If they decide to move uh, Severson, then you might want to bring him up. But for right now, that seems like an obvious choice to me. They're going to move Gearston down there, and then they will move Tyce Thompson. He's been injured. He obviously had a was injured all last year too. So you hate you'd hate to see if that continues to be a thing for him. Um, but those three guys, I think, will be down in Utica. Um, Damon Severson has looked really good. I mean, he's I'm not I'm not trying to keep you know. I'm not trying to keep selling Severson. I'm saying he looked really good. I don't know if it's he's playing because he wants to be on the team again and he wants the team to resign him or he's playing because he's going into a contract year. But he's been like kind of dancing at the blue line. He's made a couple really nifty moves. And you have to like what you've seen out of Severson. And anybody that thinks that you're not going to miss him when he, when he leaves is just mistaken. Now, the question is going to be, do the Devils have enough money to pay him? And if they don't, that's understandable. You have a bunch of young defensemen that are coming in. Speaking of, uh, Luke Hughes is back on the ice tonight for the first time since his injury. Um, now, Seamus Casey played in his spot the other night, and if you watched his game, he looked crazy. He had two goals. One of them was a really beautiful backhand goal that he took in from the point and kind of danced around a little bit. So the Devils have a lot going on in their pipeline as far as young talent and defensemen especially, which I'm a big build-from-the-goalie-out kind of guy. So um, if you have a good back end, I think it leads to offense. So I'm excited to see what uh, – I'm excited to see Luke Hughes tonight, and hopefully he puts together a strong debut for Michigan. Everybody's expecting a lot from him. Um I'm excited. Uh, he he looked great. The last time we watched him play in the World Juniors, I thought he looked really good. One of the guys who I'm kind of uh, curious to see what they do with him is uh, Jesper Boquist. Boquist was a guy, and Mike McLeod, too. The two of those guys, 
I don't think either of them have looked very good. They're both kind of fighting for that fourth line center spot. I don't know. I mean, I I don't see how either of them, I wouldn't, they, neither of them would be in my opening night lineup, to be honest with you. And and if they let Boquist go, he's a guy that would uh, be put into waivers. And I think it might be time to say bye-bye to Jesper Boquist. He's had his time. He's had plenty of chances. Um, he just he likes to play in the perimeter. He I don't he's not physical. He gets pushed off the puck easily. Uh, he's got speed and he's got some skill too. He just it's it's not consistent enough for me. Now my ideal fourth line would be Wood, Bastion, Zetterlin, and I think that that would be very hard to play against which would leave Mike McLeod on the outside too. Now, Mike McLeod is obviously good in the face-off circle. He's got a lot going on um, with uh, with Hockey Canada and that whole situation. But just as a hockey player, I don't think that he earned himself a roster spot. He looks like he's behind the play too much. He hustles, no doubt about it. But I think that a lot of that hustling that you're seeing is because he's he's behind the play. But I do see a bunch of people that are hopping on the uh, on the Devils bandwagon because they have had a good preseason. And no, it's not the Colorado Avalanche bandwagon by any means. But we'll go over this in some other uh, episodes. Or we can go over it now. Why not? So you're starting to look at these analytic models of over-unders for teams and who's going to make the playoffs and who's not going to make the playoffs and percentage-wise based on analytics. So the Athletic has the Devils finishing with 90 points to end the season, which is a 39% playoff probability. So 90 points would be above what Las Vegas has the Devils at. And um, 39%, if you could steal a couple games, that means that you're in the playoffs. Now, Evolving Hockey has the Devils at 97 points and and 73% chance of making the playoffs, which I think is obviously a little high. But Money Puck, who's all analytical, has the Devils scoring 90, having 97 points to finish the year and at 63% uh, percent to make the playoffs. Uh, Hockey Viz is at 88 points and a 36% chance, so if you average them out... Um, and I'm looking at this from uh, CJ Totoro, who uh, does a lot of analytical stuff. So uh, thank you for, for this putting this together. But So the average would be a 53% chance of making the playoffs and 93 points to end the season if you were to put them all together. Then I went to top-down hockey, and they had the Devils finishing third in the Metro, which is what I had them at, with 92 points and a 49.3% chance of making the playoffs. Pretty impressive. I think people are starting to realize what is going on. A couple people have the Devils um, finishing higher than the Rangers. Now, do I think Chris Kreider is going to have the year that he had last year with the Rangers? No. Do I think Shesterkin is going to have the same season that he had last year with the Rangers? No. Do I think their backup goalie and Halak or, or Louis Domingue is going to play the way Yorgev did last year? No. There's a, I mean, the Rangers have to have a lot of things fall their way to, to play the way that they did last year. Now, they did get Vinny Trocek, 
and they have some young players who they're hoping will develop. But Capo Caco and, and Alexei Lafreniere, I mean, they don't. I don't know. They don't. They don't look like game-changing franchise players to me at all. I still love that video of Madison Square Garden going crazy when the Devils took Jack Hughes over Capo Caco. That's the best. It's the best video. So we'll see what happens. Um, there's going to be some more roster moves. And then the Devils play their final preseason game tomorrow night. And that's basically their dress rehearsal. You'd like to think that they're going to throw their starting lineup out there. And you'll see what we get. And then before you know it, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be Thursday. And the Devils are going to be playing the Philadelphia Flyers. And, uh, and then after that, obviously, Saturday on the 15th, we have our home opener. We play the Red Wings. Mo Sider and Lucas Raymond come to town. But these are favorable games. These are games that the Devils should win if they want to be a playoff team. And uh, I'm really excited. I really hope that uh, Nico's hamstring evaluation goes good um, on Sunday. And they say that he's ready to go. But what we'll do is we'll release a new episode on Wednesday, the night before uh, the, the season opener, and, and we'll take it from there. So uh, I hope everybody has a great weekend. And uh, from the trap, Billy Botch, I'm out. Peace.